Generation podcast. I'm joined with uh, my my co-host over here. It's Kathy Mokovic. Mokovic. <laughs> sultry voice. <laughs> sultry sexy sounds. I know. I know everyone's loving my voice. I know. I have to take a minute here to like calm myself down after that. <laughs> don't, don't jizz yourself. You probably already have. But Too late. <laughs> it's all good. So You're with good company. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yes, I'm Tess. And I still can't get over his sexy voice. Tess, a.k.a. Jew Boy, a.k.a. Jewish Superhero, a.k.a. Money Grabber. AKA. <laughs> I forgot Big Nose. <laughs> Come on, you know, Big Nose. You know, I, I think I have a bigger nose than you, man. I think I have a bigger nose Yo, than you. Know the most, no, no, no. You know what the most like random comment I got from a girl was? You have a very unique nose. I was like, I've never heard that before. What the fuck? Anyways, so, and we're also joined by... And I would be, uh... Ash. So, I'm glad Wait, to, uh... Just put it oh. I'm glad to be joined by all of you, uh... A.K.A. Sultry. the whitest of the white. The yeah, whitest oh of yeah, the white. my, my alias AKA is A.K.A. Whitey. 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 A.K.A. White vanilla... What, what did I call you? What? Vanilla white or something? What did I vanilla call ice? you? No, no, vanilla I, ice? No, no. I called you something wait, else. It was vanilla ice is the, black. The whitest it? guy you know. The whitest guy I know, but then I gave you a nickname. And now wait, like, wait. Vanilla ice is black, correct? No, he's, he's a white black. guy. Really? Yeah, he's, he's, he's Jewish. Jewish. He's yeah. actually Jewish. Yeah, and I should know His him. His name is Van, oh. Van Winkle or something like that. Yeah. There we go. That explains why he made so much money. Damn straight, son. <laughs> Robert, Robert Van Winkle. All right, cheers. All right, so if you're wondering what that is, that is uh, we're having a couple glasses of wine. And water. This is Obiqua Sauvignon Blanc, <laughs> product of South Africa. It's a South African wine. It's a, it's got it's got a, a, a nice breezy taste, a little bit of a South African. Grass. Oh, what's uh, is is it in season now? It is, is in it, season. It's, it is. Uh, oh, that is fantastic. This is a 2012 Sauvignon Blanc. So oh, like wine. yes. Uh, this is going to go really well with a steak. I feel like you're just talking <laughs> down your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting less and less booby for It was. This is, I want, you know what? This is going to go really well with noodles. And you know, you, but is it in season? Is it, what is it season? Be it? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> oh, just take your pinky out while you're drinking. Yeah, there it's, you it's go. an inexpensive wine. And you have to swirl it, you know. A little sniff. A lot of yeah. people don't understand the, the South African wines really slept on and it's an inexpensive wine but I think we, gonna go we need one of those aerators. You need an aerator, yeah. We, it should have been aerated. Actually, I this can would have added to the It's supposed to be sort of chilled so I'm probably going to get some ice in here soon. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we've... I guess this is our first official podcast introduction to who we are, Red Bull Generation. We're going to have two podcasts. One would be the PG version, which will be maybe interviewing uh, entrepreneurs or any person who wants to really come and add value to the podcast. And then we'll have a triple X version where we kind of bare our souls and talk about all the deepest, darkest hours and exciting sexual experiences that we've had. And uh, so this being our first podcast, we just wanted to do a quick introduction about who we were and who we are and where we're going. Um, I guess I'm going to start. Cafe Mokovic formerly known as Cafe Mocha. If anyone knows who John Malkovich is, you get the, you get the reference to that. Who is John Malkovich? He's an actor. <laughs> you don't know who John Malkovich isn't, is? Isn't there a movie called, like, Who is John Malkovich? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think it's Being John Malkovich. Oh. Uh, Where they, they got into his head. It was a Kirkhoff Kirk, movie? Kirk. Anyways, whatever. There's a, there's a famous director. He makes these oddball, just really crazy movies that are just fascinating to watch. Mm. <clears throat> but anyways, um, basically who I am is I'm a 21-year-old 
African kid, Zambian kid. I used to be, I grew up in Zambia most of my life, lived in the States a couple of years. I used to be a very nice guy, not that I'm not a nice guy anymore, but I used to be, I used to be a pushover, I used to be somebody who was striving for attention from everybody, and I might be because, you know, I didn't get as much attention from my family, but it is what it is. I was a class clown, I didn't really understand how to get girls, I put girls on a pedestal. I devalued myself to girls, you know, I had my high school crush that never worked out, I had my high school girlfriend who I lost my virginity to, <clears throat> and basically I, I dated her and that was it, I'm not really into black girls even though I grew up in Africa, so that kind of lowered my chances. And uh, I moved here when I was 17, been studying in school, I'm about to finish, and when I first got here again I came with an idealistic view on life. In the sense that I figured women would just fall into my lap because I'm such a nice guy. And I was very nervous, I was very supplicating. And I just didn't know how to talk to women, really. <clears throat> I didn't know how to build a social circle. I wasn't confident in myself and uh, my ability to just for people to like me and for me to be an interesting person. I mean, I was generally confident because I've always known that I'm intelligent. I've always known that I'm funny and I've always known that I'm a good person, good nature. But I just didn't know how to translate that for people to see that when they first meet me. Like, if you hung out with me for a while, you'd get that sense once I get comfortable. But if you met me for the first time, I might be, like, really shy and quiet and reserved and awkward. And, uh, yeah, I had some negative experiences with girls here in Toronto. Um, I guess I'll just say a couple of quick stories. There was one chick when I first got to res uh, at Seneca. I uh, basically I, I met her at a party. She seduced me. I didn't seduce her. <laughs> she fucked me. I was raped. Uh, <laughs> I met her at a party. We go back to her place. You know, we fucked. And you know, me being idealistic, I'm like, this is my girlfriend now. You know, that was my first thought. I was like, I, you know, we had we did we had the sex. <laughs> you, had, you had the cunnilingus. Had no, the, no, sorry, not the, no, the coitus. We did have coitus. We did have the cunnilingus. But the coitus <laughs> is the actual term. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was amazing. I was like, man, I've just been in Canada for a few weeks. Fucking got in there. Like, she's a cute girl, nice girl. You know, and uh, the next day when I saw her on campus, she was walking with a guy, pretending like she didn't know me. She just walked right past me. I said hi. She ignored me completely. Um, then I later found out that that was her boyfriend, and her boyfriend was in town visiting. Yeah. And me being the bitch that I was, two couple of weeks later, she came to my room and we fucked again and then her boyfriend came to town like a week later again she ignored me so i was just like there was a little bit of a cycle of that before i kind of gave up in that situation not even that i gave up i think she just stopped she was lost interest in me uh -huh. too much of a pushover um and then another story would be i had one girl asian girl that i met in class Again, it was like she was more... Actually, no, I met her working at the Bofa. Again, it was more her uh, being interested in me and pushing it forward. I remember her specifically coming into the bookstore one time, and I thought she needed help. So, because I was still working there, she wasn't. So I thought she was looking for a book. So I was like, well, what, what can I help you? You know, what do you need? And she's like, no, I came in to say hi. I was like, oh, that's cute. What? I was like, what? You came to see me? Little old me? <laughs> and then she gave me like a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And I was like, oh, God. oh my God. <laughs> I was like, it's funny because you could see guys actually doing this. Yeah. Like one so, of us. So I was like, give me your Facebook. And then we talked on Facebook for a couple of weeks, set up a date. 
again, me being the nice guy that I was, I did extensive research on the date. Fucking hmm. took her to the sushi yeah. restaurant, paid like 150 bucks. She wanted to split the bill. I said no. Put her in a cab. She wanted to. She lived like a 10 minute, bu- five minute bus ride away from the restaurant. I gave her like 30 bucks for the cab. The cab was probably like 10, maybe even less than. It was the whole thing was stupid. You, you balled out. I balled out. Yeah. And then two weeks later, I saw her holding hands with some dude in the subway. <laughs> and I went home that night. Very depressing night. It was a cold winter. I had class till seven. I remember getting home around. No, I had class till. I think I had class till like ten for whatever reason. I was still doing day classes, but I remember going home and it's winter and I'm walking home. It's dark. There's no one outside, and I'm listening to Backstreet Boys show me the meaning of being lonely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing the whole scenario. Like, and I was like, once she likes snowfall, yeah. show me the meaning. And I was singing, I know all the lyrics and shit, <laughs> fucking crying. There's nowhere to run, I have no place to go. <laughs> Surrender. <laughs> but, anyways, but, uh, so yeah, that was kind of like. Um, that that was my story. I was that would happen to me every three months. I would meet a girl. Um, she would like me. She would think I'm funny and she would think I'm cute. Whatever. Go on a date. Sometimes it worked out. Sometimes it didn't. Most of the time it didn't. And uh, eventually, I was so frustrated. I was thinking. I got angry. I started to hate girls. Started to hate women. Mm-hmm. And I just randomly was watching a TV show, which led me to a blog, and I discovered about pickup. I was very skeptical about pickup. I said, what the fuck is this? Am I really going to read books on how to pick up girls and stuff like that? And uh, But you know what? I Like I always say, pick up artists are born out of desperation. And I was desperate. So I was like, you know, I'm willing to try this thing. Mm-hmm. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, what can I do? I'm just going to have to make some millions and then start fucking these bitches, man. So, you know, I started doing pick up. I joined the forums. I joined uh, the Toronto forums, PSI. Met Baldy. Bold Russian, and uh, Bold Russian messaged me to go for a barbecue, and I met a couple. Of, I don't think I met any of the other guys that night, but I saw what Bold Russian did that day and tried out a few things myself. Worked out, and then for the past two three years, I've met a bunch of other guys. Brown Genius, obviously, Whitey over here, <coughs> and uh, uh, Whitey over here, and Jew Boy over here as well, all through the forum, and. Mm-hmm had some crazy experiences that I'm sure I'll talk about on the podcast. And basically, in a gist, what I've learned from pickup, people think pickup can be superficial. It can be, it can ruin your life, really, if you use it in the wrong way. But what is artificial at the beginning, you're kind of striving to be, you're kind of striving to be the man. You're kind of striving to be a high-value guy. At the beginning, you're going to pretend to be. And after some time, uh with the routines that you use and whatever, you start to actually believe in yourself and you actually start to become that guy. You start to dress better. You start to carry yourself in a different way. You're not using routines. You're just talking from the heart and being honest and realizing you take the red pill, wink, wink, uh, pun intended. You take the red pill and you realize that you see the matrix. You see that you don't have to live your life as a depressed dude. You don't have to think negatively all the time. You don't have to be nervous in front of people and women and and all that, and you can have crazy sexual experiences, you can make passive income, you don't have to have a 9 to 5 for the rest of your life, and you can make friends, you can influence people, you can hypnotize bitches, you know, you can, <laughs> Ross you over can here. seduce people, um, so yeah, it's, I've learned that, and I'm becoming that guy, 
Okay, uh, skill level, I mean, it's hard to say. I, mean, I guess if you want to look at it just purely in a pickup skill level, I'm not advanced, I'm intermediate. It doesn't matter. People, I've met people who say I'm advanced, but then I, I never, I don't even want to think of myself advanced as an advanced. Like, why would I? You stop learning, I think, if you start to think of yourself as the best or whatever. So, and then in terms of life, I'm a beginner because I'm still young, still in school, still got so much to live, but I definitely think I'm way ahead of people my age, and I just want to keep on learning, I want to keep on pushing myself. So, hopefully the podcast is the beginning of something beautiful. I guess that's it, man. That's my introduction. Oh. Very succinct. This isn't a fucking AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like one now. Yeah. My name is Mocha. Hi, Mocha. Obiqua <laughs> wine from the valleys of South Africa. Is it actually from South Africa? It is actually from South Africa. <laughs> Just like you. I know, right? <laughs> from the Western Cape. I feel like I'm drinking home right now. Alright, so who's next? Why he said he was next? No, no? Is he next. Uh, he's shotgun. He's like, I'm going third, so I'm yeah. going. Where did you start? You started in I just growing up. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I gave yeah, a little. I started from high school. I just gave like a little introduction about my personality in high school and stuff. And uh, how long was mine? I was about like 13 minutes. <laughs> uh, no, but then we were talking. Yeah, uh, probably, time like, was probably like 10, 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 Okay, so let me start. So I'll start back in elementary school. Um, I was always like a quiet kid, and I think because I was so quiet, I was singled out, and I got bullied a lot. I was bullied pretty much um, every day, not in like anything too intense, because I just used to be a fat kid, so I'd be made fun of for being fat. Do you have any pictures of this to show to the other members of this uh, podcast? We'll talk about it later. Um, but the, it wasn't anything like too terrible, what some people experience, but you know, it just killed my self-confidence. It killed my self-esteem. And then my parents were pretty overbearing. My dad was like a control freak. My mom pushed a lot of her problems on me. She vented to me even when I was uh, I, uh, like a kid and throughout high school. And uh, yeah, so just growing up, I didn't have a lot of confidence, you know, to meet people and especially girls. Just It just wasn't there because I, I was told like, oh, you're bad for being you and all this other stuff. So when I got to high school, you know, the bullying pretty much stopped. And I started, I actually started, you know, to get attention from women. But the problem was I was tracking very bad women. So my first girlfriend was, uh, was dating my best friend at the time. They broke up and then we started dating. And this girl, it was, I was happy at the time because I was like 14. And we were horny as shit. Three times a week she'd come over, we'd fool around. And she'd be, like, sucking my dick. I'd be fingering her and shit. And this would happen regularly. But what I found out was that she was suicidal. And I was just so scared because, like, I'm a fucking kid. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I kind of want to run away. But I like the action, this and this and this. And all, there's all this stuff going on. But eventually, uh, after a year, I can't remember exactly when I found out she was suicidal. But I broke up with her. And it was a pretty crazy breakup because I remember... Very succinctly, she was actually in the hospital when, when I did this, and I wanted to make sure she couldn't hurt herself and hurt me or hurt anyone. And I was on the phone, and I remember I went to go talk to my doctor as a specialist in psychology of what to say to her. 
And she's like, I hate you, I hate you, I hope your dick shrivels off and falls off, I hope you die. And he's like, oh my god, fuck. And again, I'm 14 or 15 when I'm hearing this shit. And Give hmm? me AIDS, woman. Yeah. And then uh, three, three or four months later, I started dating a chick who I was like a camp counselor with. Um, and she also turned out to be suicidal. I'm like, fuck this, women are crazy. Like, I'm done. See fuck. what, see how the kids was teaching the kids. Man. Yeah, <laughs> suicidal cap. Yeah. Side to yeah. side for attention, yeah. up and down for results. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's a terrible joke. <laughs> either way, so throughout high school or going into undergrad, um, I buried myself in work. I did really well in school because I I pretty much knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to do engineering. I wanted to help people. 9 to 5 job, biomedical engineering, grad school, and then, you know, go into medical devices. That's what I wanted to do. And I was like, yeah, I want girls, but yeah, I'll just do it later. I'll just do it later. Just don't need to do it. So all throughout undergrad, even though there was a kind of, I should be dating girls, nothing. Four and a half years. No dates. Zero. And then, you know, I think it was after my last year of undergrad, my friend is like, you ever heard of game? The fuck is game? I mean game. He's like, you should read this book. And he gives me the mystery method. I remember I was reading this book. Was it glowing? Huh? Was it glowing? The mystery method? Glowing? Was it glowing? Oh, glowing. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, it's a book to, to how to sleep with girls. I, uh, I don't know how so I So you feel. were just as skeptical as I was. How, well, I was just like, what the fuck? This is so weird. But I remember I was at home. I was still living at home at the time. And I was like hiding it. So I'd have like, because like, I didn't want my parents to see, because it's it, the book title is Mystery Method: How to Sleep with Beautiful Women or something yeah. like that, right? But I remember I would, my friend would take me out because he had a girlfriend at the time to go out to bars and actually try and talk to girls. But I was so fucking nervous trying to use some of these lines, and if one worked, I remember there were two girls who were actually twins. I was just like, who's the good one and who's the bad one? And they're just like, ah. <laughs> like, oh my god, it actually works, I'm not dying. Yeah. Um, but honestly, then I was just like, okay, something, this doesn't feel good, I don't like lines, but this shit, like, something's good here. And then I just dived in. At the time, I was in Ottawa, and uh, I started taking lessons, coaching lessons from professional coaches. I started hanging out with the layer there, so the actual forum, started going out yeah, with you guys. You shout out your coach, man? Huh? You don't want to shout out your coach? Oh, okay, that's true. Chris Orleans. And Chris Orleans were, used to work for Vindicarlo. Shout out to Chris Orleans. Yeah. And uh, I also took lessons with other guys there, but I still wasn't really pushing myself. Even though at the end, you know, I had kissed a few girls in bars and I actually brought one girl home, but I, like, my friend actually fucked it up. He was with her friend and he wasn't keeping her busy while well, I was actually pushing to fuck my girl. Yeah, that was very close, but it didn't happen. It is what it is. Oh, damn weird. But, yeah. <laughs> he was not a uh, pickup guy, though. He was just a, yeah. But I came to Toronto, I'm like, fuck this. I'm living by myself. I have my own place. I'm the fucking man. I want to get laid. Still a virgin at 20, whatever, 23, I guess. And that started when I came, yeah, it's for grad school, but really my focus was pickup and women. Just fucking grind it out. Hours and hours of day game a day approaching women um, and just writing and writing and writing and trying to figure shit out. Eventually, was with Brown Genius, New Year's 2012, I think. And there's a girl there. She, I think she remembers she said something to me. She was pretty cute. 
and I grabbed her number there. We were running all over the town. We eventually met up with these people again after going through another few parties. And I remember I kissed her there. I brought her back to my place. I was just like pushing as hard as I could because I just wanted to fucking get laid. Didn't happen then, but I saw it two other times. And it, like 10 seconds of sex. Because she was just like, no, 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 no. But after that, I fell into three weeks of depression because I got sex. You didn't play just the tip. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. But it's like, I I thought sex would be this, this, you know, oh, man, I'm I'm so happy now. I got laid. And it just wasn't. I still was sad. I was still lonely. I was like, I still feel like shit. But I should be happy because I had sex. But no, it just didn't happen. All this mashugana. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, I changed gears and instead started working more on inner game, which is I found no more Mr. Nice Guy. And after fucking three girls, I think, I went into no more Mr. Nice Guy and I took nine months off, no women, but just working on myself. So inner game, self-esteem, confidence, getting my life together, doing what I wanted to do, learning about boundaries and saying no, um, you know, going through therapy, fixing shit with my dad, trying to fix shit with my mom, all this hardcore shit. And then when I came back again, I was just like so confident, I just didn't give a shit about anything. And from there, it was just landing a girlfriend, and then it's kept spiraling into, you know, being more confident, being happy with who I am. Learning about how to, you know, be productive, learning how to think positively, reframing, um, not doing a 9-to-5, actually not being sure if I even want to do what I thought I was going to do, traveling, which I never even considered before, and something I really want to do, um, fucking more and more girls just to have fun, not really wanting to get married until I'm in my, you know, late 30s probably. Yeah, really taking that red pill and going down. What was that? It's so, poetry. You know, poetry. You know, that's when you, when you agree with something. I just yeah, remember the nickname was Vanilla Ash. Vanilla Ash. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking snap biggest fingers. <laughs> you need to give you like. What do you think class. this is, man? I'm a classy guy. What can I poetry. say? Just because your brother did a poetry slam. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring poetry that shit slam. here, son. Yo, uh, that's what they do in the frat. Don't bring that white shit here, yeah. son. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, so... So pretty much, yeah, taking that red pill and really just, I don't know, knowing that a lot of things that I believed before, really, you don't have to believe. The main thing, though, is just how to use your mind to your advantage. You don't have to think negatively. You can pretty much change your mind. You can always have kind of a positive outlook. It's just practice, 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 and then that bleeds into all your other successes, like with your work, your women, your life in general. And slowly but surely, it's just been kind of building up where things have been getting better and better. So. Mm-hmm. And also having a big social circle, having very supportive and amazing friends. No, not you guys. No, I was just kidding, of course. Yeah. Both what are you talking about? These two boys. Um, and yeah. What do you hope to gain out of this podcast? I guess more just expression of thoughts, sharing, hopefully having some really cool people on here. If it turns into something big, that's cool. We can help other people. If it doesn't, then just a place, you know, to discuss things and see how we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mine is just a place to express my narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the gym for narcissism. Yeah. I, I, I kind of look at it a little bit differently. I actually think that 
Well, I don't want to hear what you think. You it doesn't what? matter what you think. I was going to say that. It doesn't matter what you think. It's fucking what? You guys are watching the Stone Cold Steve Austin? Oh, just because I am. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I was thinking. It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like one second before. Nailed it. Nailed it. Are you fucking you? I fuck both of you guys. I was about to say you something. Get, philosophical <laughs> shit. And... Yeah. No, you're philosophical <laughs> shit. I had to. And this is me saying that. <laughs> I don't even know where I came from. This is the wrong. Um, when I was, uh, like, when I, I started getting to self, you know, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what I think this podcast should be at the end of my little speech. Yeah, let's hear uh, it. So, uh, when I was growing up, I think for the first maybe 15 years of my life, I literally had a bowl cut. Like, no one put a bowl on my head and cut the hair around it. But whenever I went to the hairdresser, I always asked for the same haircut. It was like a mushroom cut. Just imagine all around, really floppy. Imagine so, like a, a tiny little ash with like blonde hair. And just be like, <laughs> so you had, to, you had a haircut. It was like a, like a circumcised penis. Is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> it was. Luckily, no one was as malicious as you are. And Yo, I should it. have gone to your high school. Man. Wait, oh, fuck. are you, you know, circumcised? I'm uncircumcised, actually. Really? But you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, circumcision is actually mutilation of the penis. No, it's not. But that's a conversation for another time. It just lasts longer than you do. (laughs) Uh, And we're cleaner, which might be a good thing for you. Uh, you I'll bum rape you one of these days. We'll talk. That already happened. Yeah, Yeah, I got drunk. Uh, But anyways, yeah, so I was growing up. I had this this awesome bowl cut. But... The thing, like, the bowl cut, it's actually very significant in my life because I had it because my parents said I should have it. And I just uh, never wanted to think for myself. I was just always trying to blindly follow uh, what they were saying for me. So I had this bowl cut, and I was, uh, I didn't really actually have any friends until about grade seven, I would say, maybe grade six. Uh, I was a very antisocial kid. Um, I didn't really get bullied too much. I was mostly just kind of ignored by the other school kids. So that sort of led me to be kind of attention-seeking. Um, attention-seeking when I was having conversation with people, but not in the classroom. I was just studious, just always do my homework. Uh, not really study so hard, but always working on Always uh, trying to get the good grades because my parents said it was uh, good for me. And then... Yeah, around grade seven, I finally had my first girlfriend, and I dated her for about two years. But uh, surprisingly, nothing sexual ever really happened between us, just maybe making out, but not even to the heavy petting stage. I didn't get past first base until I was in, uh, maybe until I was like halfway through grade nine. For all the people at home who are not Canadians, that's around, I don't know, like 15, 16? 14, 15. 14? I think yeah. grade 9 is pretty universal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone has a grade Mine is like what used to be grade 13 in Canada. No, they got, they got weird grades in Asia. But anyways, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I basically had very little experience with women and very little experience uh, socializing and making friends. I, I started to have a friend circle when I was, uh, when I was maybe in grade 8, but uh, some drama got stirred up between some of them, so it kind of broke up. So basically, I didn't have many social skills, and I was attention-seeking when I was with other people. 
So then we, we get into high school. Um, I managed to ditch the bowl cut in about grade... I want to say, yeah, it was grade 9 that I ditched the bowl cut. Like halfway through the grade. So you grew your foreskin back. Yeah, yeah. Magical. It was. Uh, they actually grafted it off of my ass. See, this is your new entrepreneurship project. This would suck. Making noise it's on distracting, our, our podcast. This is not, it is. Um, so yeah, then. Plus, uh, you have to stay in the sort of the same yeah. position because <laughs> of the audio. So, <laughs> so grade uh, grade ten, uh, grade ten came around. I, I started making a couple friends, but I was still super attention seeking. And uh, I think it was maybe around grade 10 or 11 that I started to learn about uh, pickup. And actually, my first introduction to it was one of my good buddies, a Russian guy, not to be confused with bald Russian, as we'll probably talk about bald Russian later. But so this will be tall Russian. Tall Russian. Yeah, tall Russian. Tall Russian, bald Russian, Asian Russian. So many Russians. So many Russians. So many Russians. So many of them. So... Tall Russian. He, Fuck Russian. <laughs> I was thinking about your story. <laughs> he he actually introduced me to this site. I forget what the site was called, but it was something along the lines of like how to be an asshole dot com, or how to be a jerk dot com, or something like that. And it was basically like pure like routines and uh, crappy pickup stuff. And uh, it was pretty terrible. There was actually this one piece of advice that was uh, put pheromones under your hat. And, uh, you know, if the girl's not really into you, then you take off the hat and kind of waft it under her nose. <laughs> and at the time, I thought this was fucking awesome. Uh, I didn't end up buying pheromones, luckily, but this was pretty much all the pickup advice I had. Uh, well, that I had at the time. And then I eventually, uh, eventually through that, I learned about the book The Game, read that, completely devoured the book and fell in love with it, and just started reading a ton of pickup material. And, uh... I had uh, one pretty terrible relationship through uh, through high school. I think this is when I was just starting to get introduced to pickup, but I don't think I got into this relationship because of any of the pickup advice. Uh, basically, I uh, long story short, I started dating this uh, girl. She was this we'll we'll call her Red, for lack of a better term. So I started dating this uh, this girl Red, and she was a little bit crazy. She actually. When she started dating me, she actually ditched this other guy that I kind of knew just completely and started hooking up with me. And I thought it was awesome because Red was, she was pretty hot, but obviously a little bit off balance. And uh, what happened was I wanted to introduce one of my buddies, uh, well, I'll call him Gash. I wanted to introduce Gash to one of Red's friends. Gash was one of my really good friends at the time, but he was also a really toxic person in my life where uh, basically all we would do was uh, smoke weed and uh, watch YouTube videos all day, and my grades were dropping like crazy. So he was a really negative guy in my life. But he was my best friend, so I thought I'd introduce him to one of uh, Red's friends. So I tried to do that. It seemed like Gash and one of Red's friends were kind of hitting it off uh, a few times we went out together. And then, turns out, Gash started uh, seeing uh, Red behind my back. Are we still... Yeah, we're still fun. Um, so Gas started seeing red behind my back, and then then I found out, and it it just destroyed me. Like this guy was seeing this this girl. Uh, I guess I wasn't too into red at the time. Like I, I liked her; she was hot, but she was crazy. So yeah, Gas started seeing her, and uh, what I should have done was punch Gash in the face and never talk to him again. But 
what I did was when I saw him at uh, school the next day, I just uh, I just kind of let it slide, and that destroyed my self confidence. So I was really unconfident for a while, and uh, then I started getting to pick up pretty much out of desperation because I wasn't getting the girls that I liked, and uh, basically I. I still was a virgin. I didn't lose my virginity until uh, till first week of university. But uh, I started really getting into pickup, reading all the material I, I could. Then I started. Um, I went out to a bunch of. Uh, I went out to a bunch of day game sessions with some of my buddies, trying to get them into it. I was preaching it to everyone. And then eventually, I found the Toronto Forum, the PSI thing. And then I met uh, probably my closest circle of friends that I have, minus uh, Tall Russian and a couple other people. And they really introduced me to what pickup was all about, like the self-development aspects, how to really be authentic, uh, what it meant to uh, really attract women and be your positive self. And uh, then that, uh, that was about five years ago. Yeah, about five years ago. Or maybe four years ago that I, I met a bunch of you guys. I think, well, actually, I think I, I met uh, bald Russian and military guy before I met you guys. But uh, yeah, well, I know you only met me a year and a half ago. It's right when you came back from Sweden, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started to meet all these great guys and I had a bunch of great experiences. And then my skills with women and just my general life ambitions and business ambitions started shooting through the roof. And my, my life has improved immensely. I went from being someone who was like a really downtrodden emo kid to someone having a great circle of friends and having a pretty clear vision of what he wants to accomplish in life. So I have pick up to thank for that. Vanilla Ash was Eminem and 8 Mile. Ooh. Angsty, fucking teenager. And as and he's talking, I'm like, oh, I forgot stuff to say about Well, that's how I yeah. felt about yeah. when you were talking about it. That's the whole point <laughs> is that we all had some similar experiences, so some of the stuff that maybe you mentioned, that's the whole point of having three people talk, mm-hmm. really, is that I'm going to miss out on stuff, and then when you talk about it, I'll remember it. It'll come up the whole message. Stories, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. The whole I message know. gets across. I was just like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. And, so, and I actually, I also want to say, like, my, my vision for what makes this uh, an awesome podcast is basically when I was, like, when I was going through my, my pickup things and learning about self-development, I was always learning from all these people who had it all figured out. They they didn't really have any shit they were dealing with. They were like the the top line guys. They were the the pickup podcast people interviewing. Well, you know the issues they had with like cocaine and hookers. It's those are yeah, and also everyone's always dealing with, everyone is always dealing. That's with what happens when you get to the top is cocaine and hookers. Oh, fuck, everyone's right, always well, dealing with it. That's I guess the dream. That's the dream. I <laughs> you know you've made it when you're doing cocaine off of the hookers. Yeah. I guess we have that to look forward to. <laughs> Put that on your list. You're a hundred dollar bill, and you're like, yeah, nigga, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> Reference to Jake. But uh, I personally think that it's it's a little difficult to learn from the people who have it all figured out because they're very hard to relate to, especially when you're just starting out. So I think one of the advantages we have is actually that we still have a lot to learn, even though we have a lot figured out that uh, a lot of our audience doesn't, I think we still have a long way to go. And that's what they're going to really resonate with. Just our constant learning, our mistakes we're going to make. Uh, I'm sure some of us will get into some terrible relationships through the course of this podcast. And 
Yeah, like the the learning and the adventure that we go on is why I think people should listen to the Red Pill Generation. But like, what do you want to get out of it? I I just love having great conversations with my buddies. Um, maybe it could turn into a business later. Maybe uh, it just ends up being something we listen to when we're 40 years old and having a great laugh about it. But really, just the process is enjoyable for me, so I don't really care too much about the outcomes for it. Yeah. Which is, side, side note, process, not the outcome. Side note, try, uh, it's just posture-wise, let's try and stay in the same position and try not to block your mouth, you know? Because it makes a difference. When I listen to the audio, I can tell when something's blocking your mouth, it muffles and whatever. Yeah, and so it, when we when we like turn and you get it, it makes a hell of a difference when you're listening with that. Well, once we get that uh, Yeti, it doesn't matter. It would be the same thing if you turn like I, even the professional podcasts. Like I have guests who haven't done podcasts before, they come in. Some of them are too far away from the mic, so the audio is not the same. And I hear them like, yeah, you need to put your mouth literally against the mic. At least stay in the same position. So these are things we learn as we go through these podcasts. Hey, constant learning. And just a side note. It's awkward initially, but you have to get used to it. Another side note. We are recording on my uh, Galaxy S3 right now. So <laughs> for anyone looking for an excuse why not to do a podcast saying you don't have recording equipment, fucking man the fuck up or woman the fuck up if you are a woman listening to this. Yeah, equal opportunity. Yes. And uh, just just do it. Just record our very first podcast we recorded isn't this one. It's actually one we recorded on New Year's Eve, yeah. just for the hell of it. And the audio didn't turn out too terribly. So here we are. Yeah. Where do you? How do you think this podcast will help out other people? Uh, in terms of the red pill generation, it's just like if you're frustrated with your life, the whole point of a red pill is that you're able to see life in a different way. You think that life is one way. So I, I, I equate it to like you think that life is great. People are comfortably depressed. You know, they're, they're comfort, comfortably depressed and they don't realize that there's a different way of thinking. If you, they don't realize even just the affirmations they give themselves every day. If you wake up, they're like, fuck, my life sucks. Oh man, I hate myself. Well, that's, those things affect your mood. You know, there's a quote that Johnny Soprano said. I don't know if he's the one who came up with this quote, but he was just basically saying that, uh, positive people are positive people. Negative people are negative people. If you're a negative person and you won the lottery and you got $100 million tomorrow, actually, if you're a positive person and you won the lottery, the first thing you would say is, fuck, this is amazing. I won the lottery. I'm a millionaire now. This is great. There's so many things I can do. There's so many people I can help. If you're a negative person, your first thought would be like, fuck, I won the lottery. So many people are going to ask me for shit. This is going to put so much pressure on my life. <laughs> fuck my life. You know, it's like, if you're negative, you're negative. It doesn't matter what positive things come to your life you're still going to find a way to turn that into a negative. If you're a positive person, it doesn't matter how many negative aspects you have in your life, you're going to find a way of making that positive. Again, it's funny because you can learn how to do that. Yeah, you can train yourself how to do that. I mean, I still sort of struggle with that sometimes. When I'm when my confidence is low, I'll fuck my life. And I'm like, well, I have to catch myself. Like, no, don't think like that. But before, that was just a normal thing. It was just like a normal thing. No, like, I suck, whatever, I'm a loser. I used to tell myself that and I didn't realize that that was a bad thing and that was actually negatively impacting my mood. Even stuff like the music you listen to. For example, that day when I was walking home listening to Backstreet Boys. <laughs> if I went home listening to like On to the Next One by Jay-Z, that would be a different vibe. I'd be like, On to the Next One. So, you know, just fuck it. Like, next, next please. Like, I would just be like, next girl, you know. That's what I would do now. 
Because I'd be like, well, she doesn't want me. She doesn't want me. There's plenty of other girls in the world. And then, show me the meaning of being lonely. That's going to negatively impact your emotions. And also, like, when I was growing up, um, I had a, a negative spin put on my future aspirations. Yeah. Where basically, uh, back when I was uh, kind of a loser, I was thinking, like, oh, you know, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, work really hard in school, get some, like, really high-paying job, work my ass off, buy, like, a really nice Lamborghini, and once I have the money, oh, then the girls will, will like me. And then I'll show everybody who ever doubted me with all these things that I can buy. And that was a that's a terrible view to have of, like, your future aspirations of being, like, oh, I, I want to show up all those people who ever doubted me. Like, fuck those people. Like, I don't give a shit about them anymore. But... <clears throat> But if I had kept that view, I would have been a very unhappy person working to try and impress people that would make me even more unhappy. So, yeah, but luckily I learned to turn that around, and now I'm uh, I'm chasing my ambitions for me, for what I want to accomplish in life, which is right now writing, getting through a book and uh, trying to start up a SaaS business. Yeah, any comment on that, Tess? Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm like spacing out. What was the, the original question? <laughs> yeah, well, I was just, I'm not gonna lie, I was just like so entranced by the answers, I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, what? Just, I, I don't know, you know, maybe you mentioned you forgot to mention some stuff in your, uh, when you were talking about your life. Were you there... guys were, you were talking about, uh, what people can gain out of this? Was that thought? Yeah, that, that was what kind of spurred it. Yeah, I mean, I like what, uh, you're saying, Ash, about how relating to someone who's like, oh, I'm a guru, I know everything, blah, blah, it's very hard to do that, and also it kind of puts a lot of pressure on you, because if you're not doing as well as a guru, you're like, well, fuck, they haven't figured out, and I'm not, blah, 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 but if you're talking to someone who's like, yeah, I'm still figuring things out, but I got some things in mind. They're like that one step ahead of you, Yeah. you're like, all right, what that person's doing, <clears throat> I can actually realistically do those things. Yeah, too. or you have some kind of guideline of where you want to go, but I... I I also was thinking about what you're saying with, you know, doing what you want to do versus what society tells you. I think that's a big part of one, taking the red pill, and two, nice guyism. Because when you're a nice guy, you think, oh, I have all these nice things, and I do this, and if I do what people tell me, then I'll get all the love I want, and then people will, you know, respect me, and I'll get girls, and blah, blah. It doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. You got to make yourself happy, and then when you're happy, give out happiness and people see in you, and then you just fly. So I think, you know, out of everything, it's just learning, at least hopefully people learn from this, if you're unhappy with something, change for you, not for other people, and fuel that into creating the life you want. So Ash, you're talking about what you're doing now. What I'm doing now is I'm working on my blog, which is, you know, for me to kind of reiterate my thoughts and get myself in the place where I want to be, but also to help other people planning my trip to Europe. And again, I never thought about traveling before. Now I want to travel everywhere. And even though people might be like, oh, you're spending so much money and you'll have no savings left, I'm like, eh, I'll make more money and then go somewhere else. I don't believe that now the whole 9 to 5, white picket fence, you need this, you need this by this date and this date, doesn't, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. Do what makes you happy and then... People who are okay with that will follow you, and worst case, carve out your own life. 
Yeah. And also, uh, one thing that I, I've learned a lot from going through this pickup and self-development is the ability to cut negative people out of your life. Very important. Yeah. Like, uh, Either I, cut them out or limit the contact with them. Because you can't cut all people out. Yeah, well, well, cutting them out isn't specifically like giving them a call, like, never, never talk to me again, I hate you. It could <laughs> no, be I just... Do. I send them a letter with, like, a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a photocopy of your middle finger. Fuck you. Yeah. Just like, but there's there's been a couple people in my life where I've just completely, like, stopped contacting them. Like, maybe every once in a while they'll send me a message and I'll, I'll reply to it, but I just make a conscious effort to have as little contact with this person as possible because I know that they're only a negative influence on my life and I don't want to be around that sort of thing. And then on the flip side, I realize which guys are a really positive influence on my life. Like the two sexy gentlemen that are seated before me right here. <laughs> they are uh, they are two of the most you amazing have your people contacts in There's only one of us, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Mocha over here loves uh, white people, so he's talking about me, of course. <laughs> Love white girls, that guys. Are you sure about that? That's not what you told no me last homo. night. Yeah. I don't know who you're talking to, man. You must have also lost your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're fucking blind, and you you probably have. Crystal clear I've vision. Twenty twenty vision. Fuck you, man. Twenty twenty. Lucky bastard. I just ate a lot of carrots growing up. It's a Bugs Bunny fan. That was fucking propaganda by the British military to trick the Nazis into thinking that carrots improved night vision. Really? They just had the British just had radar. The Nazis is there didn't. no? Is there no? <laughs> there's no scientific proof for it. There's absolutely no. Except your problem. Eat a lot of them. Your skin will turn orange. That is true. Yeah, that is that is kind of a medical expert here. Can't happen. Uh, I think we should test this out. Yeah. Can you only eat orange food for like the next month? Please? <laughs> Please. No, I Come on, man. You can turn an awesome shit. Yeah, like jaundice. Jaundice? <laughs> <laughs> it's like an actual fucked up disease. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had scurvy, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I, right, think, uh, <laughs> I think we should wrap this up. Yeah. Right. Right. Peace, motherfuckers. It's done. It's over. First podcast. I'll be. Yeah. Uh, sayonara. Uh,
Thank you. 